Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Marcus, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So let's see. We had I, I put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's a very popular website. Extremely. Everyone's all over it, and they keep on <laughs> advertising a whole series of different things to me that I already bought, such as boots, <laughs> because I'm currently going through quite a boot phase, Marcus. You'll notice I'm wearing my Laredos today. I'm pretty proud of and you for these Laredos. These, this is pretty. It's pretty nuts. They are phenomenal. I'm channeling my inner Ted Cruz, who wore special <laughs> boots whenever he was a prosecutor, and it was uh, time for final statements. He put on his final statement boots. What a man. <laughs> Ted Cruz, what a man. And now I feel like I'm Ted Cruz. I've even started to eat flies. <laughs> and perhaps random things that fly from my mouth as I speak. You know, with my tongue. So I'm in a boot phase. Good. So I feel good, and Facebook is advertising other boots to me, so I don't think this phase is ever going to end. <laughs> no, so now you're going to be a boot guy. I'm a boot guy. <laughs> and it's a boot time. Am I right? No, I am wrong. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. I put on Facebook if you have any questions. And uh, a lot of people did mention down-ballot voting, and Marcus and I were talking about it before the show. Uh, basically, it looks like the Senate right now for the Democrats, they have an over 50% chance of taking the Senate, and uh, the Republicans will probably keep the House. We could go into it in detail, but frankly, it's a weekly show, and it's extremely boring. <laughs> so we have decided, so it look, who knows? We'll figure that out November 8th, uh, what happens. All I know is there is somebody running, and I love it. Her name is Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. I've heard of this Duckworth. Oh, yeah. She's a Democrat. I forget what state she's out of right now. But Tammy Duckworth is one of my favorite names uh, running in this election cycle. So that's as much detail as I would like to get into uh, regarding the down-ballot votes. We'll see what happens if Trump is actually taking away that many uh, supporters from the Republican Party as a whole. I don't know. Duckworth's pretty interesting. She's from Illinois, born in Thailand. Oh, there we go. She's a Bangkok gal. Isn't that something? <laughs> Is that her slogan? <laughs> Tammy Duckworth, she's a Bangkok, Bangkok gal. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Uh, let's see. We wanted to talk a little bit. He's been out of the headlines ever since he got destroyed by Donald Trump himself. Of course, he's the... Uh, 
tell it like it is, extremely overweight. <laughs> Governor of New Jersey with currently an approval rating of just around 23%, which isn't necessarily great, considering, of course, in 2012, many people wanted Chris Christie, uh, that's who we're discussing, obviously, to run for the nomination of the Republican Party yeah. uh, to be the next president of the United States. Many people thought he had a great chance of beating Mitt Romney at the time, and I would agree at that point uh, he was coming off the heels of Hurricane Sandy, and uh, you know he had the the long walk on the beach with uh, Barack Obama, and he was you know really he was the governor for the people, coming you know reaching across the aisle to help out individuals. Four years later, unbelievable. He might have to testify in one of my favorite things of all time. Of course, it's known as Bridgegate. Oh, Bridgegate, for those of you who don't know, uh, Chris Christie allegedly ordered the uh, shutdown of a few lanes. At what highway was it? What bridge was it? I think it was was it the George Washington Bridge? I think it was bridge? the George Washington Bridge. He shut, he shut down a fair amount of lanes, causing massive traffic over a period of four or five days mm-hmm. in retaliation for a mayor not endorsing him for his governorship. This small town mayor who, I mean, it just doesn't matter whatsoever i know chris christie uh he's very thick but apparently he's extremely thin skinned mm-hmm. uh the only thing thin about him <laughs> and he shut down these i believe it was three lanes of highway one woman ended up dying granted i believe she was in her 90s but, but nonetheless you know my grandmother's died. 94 she could have had another four years and her grandson could have visited and drinking all of her gin. Uh, that would have been really fun, you know. A death is a death no matter what. A death is a death. And she was of the greatest generation. <laughs> so I'm going to say, Mr. Christie, you've got blood on your hands and a bunch of sugar, probably. Uh, but she was the greatest generation. She died because the, uh, you know, the ambulance couldn't get there. But you could imagine how much worse that could be. Yeah. You know, if you, if you uh, block up uh, if, if you block up a highway the same way that his arteries are clogged, um, th- there is a potential for mass, mass problems. And that's why it's, it is very important. Your job as a governor, your job as a statesman is to take care of your constituents uh, throughout the whole state. You can't have these petty political feuds get in the way of, of people and their ability to uh, you know, get help if need be. I mean, imagine if there was some gigantic disaster. Oh, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, something huge. Imagine if there was a, some sort I mean, hell, something weird like a, you know, a factory blows up. There's a terrorist attack, something like that. Yeah, something weird in America, like a mass shooting or an elementary <laughs> school that, uh, you know, is no longer safe to be at. Uh, you know, something strange, you something know, like you're at the, the mall ordinary. and all of a sudden just come, someone comes with an AK-47. Yeah, something really bizarre like that, never, not going to happen. Not going to happen, of Not going to happen yeah. in beautiful New Jersey. I mean, he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. These people don't think about this shit at all. These thin-skinned politicians, you know, the, and this is, things like this is the reason why, like, pe- when people talk about, like, Trump's temperament and things like that, uh, this is a perfect example of what happens when our politicians are thin-skinned and extremely vindictive and so self-centered. Things yes. like this happen. Imagine this happening on a national scale. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a bridge, and someone died. That's right. So it was the Fort Lee Lane closure, and we were correct. It was the George Washington Bridge, and for three days, people were uh, sticking in traffic, stuck in traffic, with no idea why, and then, of course, we find out it's because the governor, the snow globe himself, uh, was just, shut it down, (laughs) then shut down the bridge, you know, channeling his inner Richard Nixon. But now, uh, of course, Christie was sort of able to... um, 
get away with this for so long. Uh, but two people uh, that were involved in the scandal are now on trial, and they're under t- uh, they're under oath, and they're forced to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you believe it? The truth seems to be uh, not kind to Mr. Christie in this situation, or potentially unkind. And uh, we'll get to it here in a second. But there is a chance he might go to prison. And, <laughs> and keep in mind, as Marcus reads some of these details, every time Chris Christie is acting, every time every everything he says, he's saying it well. He looks the way he looks. <laughs> so it's really kind of adorable. Uh, well, the woman that's testifying right now, her name is Bridget. Kelly, she's the former and by the way, deputy chief chief of staff. Not the best name for someone who is testifying about a bridge shutdown. <laughs> Bridget, am I right? Oh my god, I got two am I rights. Fuck I'm on fire, man. Fuck you, I didn't even get that. You didn't even get it. I'm like Kenny Youngman over here. Wow. I, I mean, I, I came in the office this morning. I was a little bit down. I just feel like you know, oh, I don't want to be up this early. It's not even that early, but I've been up. Uh, I wasn't sleeping well, and then I just came in with two hot zingers, <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm back on top of the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's Bridget Kelly. Uh, she's on trial for a role in the alleged plot. She said that uh, her line is that she believed that this was for a legitimate study, that they closed down the lanes for a legitimate study, I guess some uh, sort of science experiment. Is this one of those where it's like, turns out if people smoke weed, they love Pink Floyd. <laughs> it's been, it was a $500,000 study here at Stanford University. Yeah, it turns out people stuck in traffic swear a bunch <laughs> 500,000 study here 500,000 dollar study here in New Jersey yeah and she does not have kind words to say about Chris Christie of course that's a, the big problem that people have with Chris Christie of course this is a symptom Bridgegate is a symptom of that is that he's a bully I don't want to be punny here but he throws people under the bus <laughs> and in, in this situation the bus is moving not stuck in political traffic he just he rolls over people and that's what a lot of these people in power do they throw with those underlings under the, under the bus and they take all the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this woman, Bridget Kelly, she recalled through tears on occasion when she said that Mr. Christie lost his temper and threw a water bottle at her after she suggested that he introduce local politicians at an event. He asked her mm. if she thought him a, quote, fucking game show host before <laughs> hurling the bottle at her. Oh, I could just see it now. Chris Christie, a little Richard Dawkins channeling <laughs> his, uh, his family <laughs> feud, just <laughs> giving kisses like Jimmy Savile. Unbelievable. I'm not a game show host. <laughs> you know for a fact he had the water bottle open and he was dumping in one of those just like sugar flavoring packets. <laughs> this is good. I'm not, you, you don't even have to have water without sugar anymore. <laughs> it's just disgusting. What do I look like, a game show host? <laughs> It's ridiculous. So he's just a total prick. And all she did was ask him to go on stage and introduce some people. But it was beneath Chris Christie. Yeah. And she said that she had eventually had come to fear him. I mean, it's and it's also sure. I mean, it's at a, a stage where these guys are, are so intense, such bullies that their advisors will pretty much do anything they want them to do. Well, we talked about this recently with the uh, Billy Bush comments and Donald Trump on the on the bus in 2005. When you're dealing with people in power, what are what she's supposed to do? Yeah, she doesn't unless you just quit outright. Uh, you know, like a scene out of Office Space, but it's not a movie, and uh, you're not going to become rich at the end of it because uh, you know Milton accidentally burns down the the uh, <laughs> the uh, the business. Uh, you know, so it's it's like, what is she supposed to do? Of course, she ended up fearing him, and at this point, he was, you know, full Nixon cover up mode, probably terrified every single night of his life. Yeah, without a doubt, and. and- I don't know. That's just that's where we are in a lot of politics these days. I mean, I, I'm I'm really I'm ready 
I mean, bullies are always going to exist. Of course oh, they sure. are. Uh, but I think we're also getting to a point where this shit is being so exposed. And people. I guess the innards of American politics, if anything, this election has really ripped open American politics and showed us yeah. what goes on on the inside. Not just us mm. thinking, because, you know, we're hearing all this stuff, you know, of course, like all the Clinton emails. Uh, and we all knew. You know, it's like nothing in the Clinton, Clinton emails surprised us. Nothing well, at all. Well, that risotto recipe was interesting. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, nothing, nothing surprised us. Like, okay, yeah, this is, we all knew this is how it happened. Uh, but it's one thing to assume that's how it happened. It's another thing altogether for us to actually see this is how it all happened. So, and we can talk about that Project Veritas in <laughs> one moment, James O'Keefe. <laughs> uh, t- um, uh, but with, but how much time is Chris Christie looking at if he would were to be indicted and found guilty? Five to ten years. Five to ten years <laughs> in a federal prison. So, there is someone right now in a New Jersey prison uh, who was put there by Chris Christie, maybe for marijuana use because they have bad arthritis and they wanted to get uh, medical assistance without the terrible addicting, uh, addictive side effects of uh, something like an opioid, such mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, what, what, what do they always use? Oxy. Oxy, yes, yeah. oxy, exactly. Uh, they, wanted, they wanted to use marijuana, and Chris Christie said, you're going to prison for five years. Hopefully, Christie is found guilty, and then he gets sentenced to prison and his cellmate is that guy <laughs> and that will just be a buddy comedy that will just be the most amazing thing of all time if chris christie does go to prison afterwards i gotta say i'm giving him the ken bone treatment i'll like him <laughs> i would like to see chris christie five years out of the penitentiary yeah chris, i mean christie is staunchly anti-weed right oh my like, god I mean, he's, so a, bad. he's got like a pathological hatred against the stuff he just he's a prosecutor they can't get it past their minds that this god. that this is not the worst substance on the face of the planet if they just can't do it because i think if they did they would realize that they sentenced people to prison for a crime that no longer exists they have to have and a cognitive dissonance with have that to. they have, they have to, to. Yeah. i mean there was that young girl who had a terrible life she would seizure and she was extremely ill and they just wanted to get the uh, liquid thc yeah and they wouldn't even allow that i mean it was unbelievable uh and one positive thing about uh the potential um, election here with Hillary Clinton regarding Hillary Clinton. I do believe that marijuana most likely will be legalized across all 50 states within the next four years. I don't think that I think that's one of the areas that Bernie got her. (laughs) And that was one that she was able to compromise on. And it's a total political winner. I mean, these states, I mean, the southern states are actually some of the first states to really pass it. I believe it was Arkansas or Alabama that is passing legalized marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, once they saw all the money rolling in to Colorado. That's all it took yeah. for them to realize the new gold rush is a green rush and every single state wants to get in on it. Yeah. So that that yeah, that policy of this this marijuana policy, we're going to look back at this in uh, you know, future years and just be like we're going to think you know, the prohibition of marijuana was even worse than the prohibition of alcohol because the prohibition of alcohol didn't lead to so much imprisonment. No. You know, but the prohibition of marijuana has just been a total devastating, it has had a de- devastating effect on this country and the families that uh, that are in this country. Yeah. So I think that is one benefit with Hillary Clinton. Uh, she'll have all the carte blanche in the world to yeah. legalize uh, marijuana. Yeah. And uh, but, but after that, it's like, what do you do about, and of course, that, I mean, this is an entirely other episode, but the heroin 
heroin epidemic going on right now. Oh my uh, goodness! It is. Uh, I, I think it's something that's been kind of swept. Up. I mean, I think I will get well, swept tr- under the rug because I, big pharmaceuticals are the are the cause of it. Yeah, big pharmaceuticals are the cause of it, and of course, you know, but you know, Trump during uh, I think the last debate or the one before that, of course, he brought it up, but he brought it up in uh, the guise of immigration reform that we need to keep the immigrants out because they're bringing heroin over. But in reality, what we need to do is get the pharmaceutical country companies under control and stop letting them prescribe so many opioids, which is the gateway. That is an actual it gateway is. to I heroin. Mean, look at Florida, and it's just the doctors that are getting so many kickbacks for you know prescribing over prescribing yeah. uh, you know uh, you know oxycontin they just said 12 year olds can get prescribed oxycontin no 12 year old needs oxycontin they're tough whatever happened to rubbing some tussin on it go roll around <laughs> in the dirt I, if I you know whenever i was injured as a kid my parents would go they would just say go play piggy in the yard <laughs> You know, just roll around a bunch, and wouldn't you believe it when you come out, you know, you're totally fine. You Something like about dirt. You yeah. Know, really that's gets what you. I've been saying. It's fine. Trump, I mean, again, if he just wasn't the worst messenger on the face of the planet, he also wanted to pass a 26th Amendment, which I actually firmly agree with, which would term limit, which would add term limits to Congress. Me too. Um, and Boy, it's that just, is my new- God. He, but now, of course, he's just grasping at straws and, and trying to see if anything matters. Boy, but that, that whole, would be amazing. That whole congressional term limit proposal, that was in the news cycle for about 20 minutes. Because then he said something about God knows what. <laughs> what the, I, don't even, I can't even remember the last scandal of the, you know, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, then I think he asked for a drug test. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> My God, or another one of yeah. these accusers came forward. Yeah. Who which, knows? Which sucks because that needs to happen. Uh, I would. Be great. I mean, I, I think that would be one of the best things for this country is if we propose term limits on you know Congress. And I think even congressmen want it. I yeah. really do. They're just <laughs> they're so stressed out, constantly campaigning. Uh, there's a great documentary, Divided, on Netflix. It came out in 2014, so you know it misses a huge chunk. You know, everything. Mm-hmm. I was watching it uh, the other day, and 2014 might as well be 1914 because it just <laughs> the world has changed so much. Yeah. Uh, with the Trump candidacy, I mean, it's really interesting. But let's go to. Um, Quickly here, Project Veritas, that's, of course, James O'Keefe. He released some videos about Hillary Clinton's campaign. And basically, uh, he speaks with operatives that are the Democratic equivalent to someone like Roger Stone. Uh, Roger Stone, who our friend Travis Irvine works closely with. He produces his radio show. And basically, both of these people, Mark McKinnon was another person we interviewed Mm -hmm. on the show, the senior producer for the Showtime show The Circus. He worked with George W. Bush and uh, Maude. What's the one? uh, Texas. (laughs) Ann Richards. Ann Richards, yes. I just call her... Yeah. Call her Maud. Maud. She seems like a Maud to me. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, and so these political operatives just go out, and their job is to disrupt. I yeah. mean, their job is to make it more difficult for the person on stage speaking, their opponent speaking, uh, and their job is to bring out the worst in the people that are drawn to that candidate that they like so much. So that was an interesting video, and everyone's pretending as if it's you know earth shattering. Basically, if you watch the James O'Keefe. Uh, footage it's all it's all this hidden camera you know i don't know everyone if you are getting interviewed and you are a political operative check the buttons yeah just check everyone's i would just i'm just going to start bringing a bib <laughs> everywhere i go and if i'm having a conversation with someone i'm going to put it over them 
And yeah. so they can't get any footage of my face whatsoever. And they just talk about how they would go over to Donald Trump rallies. As a matter of fact, they also worked with the DNC. The Trump campaign actually worked with some of these people in order to derail Marco Rubio. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, of course, they were in their very heated contestant, uh, con- uh, in their contest uh, for the nomination. And it was so smart. Remember that? When Rubio <laughs> in- insinuated that Trump had a small penis and then Trump said, I have a big one. <laughs> Ugh, I can't believe that's an act. That's a fact. <laughs> that, is that is a American history. I'm not even making it. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope, I don't even want to be blue on the show today. <laughs> I just have to say what happened. One guy said he had a little donkey, and the other guy's like, my donkey is big, and it spits. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. This whole thing, it comes down to costumes. It's it like does. the Clinton campaign sent, and leave Donald Duck out of this, okay? I'm a oh, huge Donald Duck fan. I love, Duck. I love yeah. Donald Duck. He got Le- away without wearing pants for a long time. <laughs> leave Donald Duck out of this campaign. Apparently, D- Clinton uh, operatives wanted to send Donald people in Donald Duck costumes over to Trump campaign rallies saying, yes. Donald Duck's his tax returns. Which, you know, I got to say, whoever writes these jokes for her, oh. at least they put it into reality. Yeah. I do like to see like that terrible pun like brought to real life let's bring it to 3d dressing as donald duck but disney should sue for copyright shouldn't they well no they actually put uh an orange wig on donald oh. duck so it wasn't it was like donald trump duck i see donald it's truck that's diff- uh, different leave donald duck out of leave it. donald duck out of it and the marco rubio and that was fun- funded mostly by breitbart mm-hmm. uh, who is pretty much the trump campaign right uh but that was they paid a guy to dress up as a robot and follow marco rubio around which i think is amazing <laughs> i mean marco rubio is like am i a member of white zombie am i rob zombie what is happening why is this robot with me uh, he didn't play with it at all, but frankly, if I was a Senate candidate running and a person just started trolling me with a robot, I'd be like, i got to get to know this robot. <laughs> this is pretty awesome. It's also, you got to think about it, probably just an actor. You know, these are just yeah. improvisers that they send out to these really tense situations. No, actually, I think the robot, I think it was like an Occupy Wall Street guy. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's like, I think they specifically got like a guy, like a Democratic so guy, funny. a Democrat to dress up as a robot to follow around Marco Rubio. And that's why... Why during the uh, primary on the Republican side, Trump was such a breath of fresh air because he's like not tethered to the party whatsoever. And he's like, I'm just going to troll it and use Democratic, uh, use the same methods that a lot of Democrats use. And they're very good at it. You know, they're, they're extremely good at it. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's very fun. So watch. I mean, I mean, I, they're worth a view those uh, those videos, but take them with a grain of salt. I mean, but that is like Marcus was saying pr- uh, previously. That's how the sausage is made. To use that cliche. Um, but it shouldn't really come as a surprise that there are a bunch of skeezy, scummy, really um, horrible mafioso union type people. Yeah, uh, I mean, and not that union people are bad, but I mean, union leadership—it's an intense job. It's—it's it's extremely. Uh, they're very serious about their positions, and if you go against them, you will be buried uh, under the goalposts of uh, of uh, a giant stadium, which is yeah. some people where I believe some people believe Jimmy Hoffa is buried. Yep. Although although they dug it up and they didn't find anything, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, Hoff, I mean it, Hoffa's just in the bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah, he's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> or fed to pigs or something. You're, we're never gonna find the guy. No, absolutely not. Uh, I I hope that this campaign that that's the one glimmer of hope that I'm trying to find in this entire 
entire thing is that it really has laid the entire. I mean, it, it cut up. It cut open American politics and showed us the guts. Uh, yeah. It really did. It showed the ugliest that American politics uh, can get while still being somewhat civil, while not while being nonviolent. This is about as ugly as it can get. And I'm hoping that after this election, people kind of take a breath, they take a step back, they look at the whole thing uh, as it has happened over the last 16 months, uh, and think maybe we should change shit a little bit. Let's maybe do we it should- again. <laughs> That's what I say. Like, maybe we should approach these things from a different angle. And not just, you know, not just the people, but the politicians as well, where they can look at these things and like, okay, shit, let's look at how we got here and let's find a way to not get there again. Because this election helps nobody. I don't know if that's, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that that's the way people are i don't think we usually change for the better no. or sometimes occasionally we do everyone but i think while. it's just going to kind of continue down this path you know obviously we talked about it previously with trump tv um everyone's discussing it now and people were discussing it before we were talking about it but i do think we were one of the first ones to really uh, you know give it some credence um kurt schilling is now working with breitbart mm. i believe alex jones is about to be signed with uh, with trump television of course and who knows what that'll actually look like i think it'll probably just end up living online because of course you know, yeah. oprah couldn't do it and that's sort of the method uh if oprah can't do it of course i'm t- referring to her failed te- or not failed but failing television network i don't <laughs> think they've ever turned a profit um i don't think that donald trump can do it and his brand is so bad i believe that was a true story about his name being taken off of his own hotels that was in order because business is just plummeting so uh greatly because the trump brand has been so tarnished due to his unbelievable uh, vitriol hatred that he's been spewing in this presidential campaign. Well, it's a mixture of true and false. Pretty much what it is is they're not taking the name off of past Trump hotels. Mm. They're just not putting the name on any new Trump hotels. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you want that? That's the vintage <laughs> Trump hotel. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're, there's nothing's being taken off. It's just now they're. Um, all they're doing is re- any new Trump hotel that is being made, they're naming it Scion. Uh, Just, that's much more horrifying. Scion. Scion sounds terrible. Yeah. Who wants to stay at Hotel Scion? <laughs> sounds like something H.H. H. Holmes would name this hotel. <laughs> but it is true that uh, Trump's hotels are, you know, they're losing a lot of business uh they're having like for example his uh, his hotel in dc is having to do you know go they're having to do groupons out the ass uh mm-hmm. and because you know trump's hotels while every other hotel around them is full for a more expensive price trump mm. is pulling uh the prices down on the you know the new post office hotel uh and nobody's buying even though they're cheaper nobody's going to it because nobody wants to give him money this is the time to buy (laughs) this is the time to get in with trump uh let's go back now there's another scandal with hillary clinton and uh, i came into the office today the studios and we were talking about it It it's in regards to a woman's senate campaign her husband ended up working well he did work at the fbi he ended up um, working on Hillary Clinton's uh, the case, you know he was he was yeah, the, the one, email uh, the email investigation. He would have, I believe, I'm not sure if he wanted to indict or not. Uh, most likely not. But what is this scandal all about, Marcus? Well, the scandal, it's in my opinion, it's not a scandal at all. Uh, what people you just call it a scandal? It's a scandal. <laughs> you know, you can look at a tomato, call it an apple. It's an apple. 
Well, uh, what happened is uh, Virginia Governor uh, Terry McAuliffe, uh, who has been working with the Clinton family for forever. Forever. Uh, yeah, forever. He is. I mean, he's one of the top Clinton operatives around. But he gave $500,000 to the election campaign of the wife of an official at the FBI who later helped oversee the investigation into Mrs. Clinton's email use. And, okay, okay yes, there are some tenuous connections there. The reason why I don't think that this is a scandal was because McAuliffe also gave just as much, if not more money, to other Virginia Senate Democrats. And not only that, but this money was given long before this guy was tapped for any sort of Clinton email uh, investigations. And in fact, when she was running for the Senate, he recused himself from any and all Virginia corruption cases. And by the way, she fucking lost. She didn't even win the election. She didn't even win the Senate election. And the FBI cleared this guy of any sort of connection to the Clinton campaign, any Mm -hmm. sort of, like, he was vetted, he was cleared. And if you believe the conspiracy, and that doesn't add up with the conspiracy theories that everybody in the FBI wanted uh, Hillary Clinton to be indicted, because if everybody at the FBI wanted Hillary Clinton to be invited, then they wouldn't put a guy who had ties to the Clinton campaign at any point in his entire history on the investigation. Well, I do think that most people did want Hillary to be indicted. I think that was a top-down decision. But it plays into the larger narrative. Of course, Terry McAuliffe, a very huge, important Clinton operative, relatively squeaky clean guy. There's not been a lot of scandal around Terry McAuliffe himself other than the ones that you know have sort of been attached uh, to the Clinton uh, to the Clinton name, I think it plays into the idea of the, the machine politics and of the of the uh, just the elitism and the, the like. The, I mean, the the amount of just they live in a different world than we live in. To even have the ability to give five hundred thousand bucks to a woman Senate campaign, what are the odds that the that the husband of this woman is all of a sudden going to be taking over the email case? It just shows how insular. He didn't take over and, it. Well, like, he, was, he wasn't you know, at he was, the head or anything like that. He was that. in there. You know, he was in there. He was in there. Yeah, but he but wasn't. And he was not the at the head. It's just it, these are not these are not people that are uh, you know everyday Americans by any stretch of the uh, imagination. It just plays to how small the uh, the amount of uh, the powerful are. You know, it's just the smallest group, and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, the amount of people that have, um, you know, co-opted all this power. And I think that's what people read into it, and that's what makes them a little bit upset. Granted, I see what you're saying, and yeah. I don't disagree with your point. It's just people feel as if there is a, a cabal against them, and, it's, uh, and it is stories like this that sort of validate that notion that uh, the powers that be are so strong they can get away with anything because they're all one big happy family. Do I like it? No. Of course of course I don't like it. You know, of course I don't like machine politics and of course I don't like all of uh, you know, I don't like all of the connections that could be made from Clinton to a ton of other different places uh, that allow her to be Hillary Clinton. Of course, yeah. I don't like that. But I think stories like this, when they come out, of course, a story like this should absolutely be reported. Absolutely report it. Absolutely oh. put it out there. But what happens afterwards is people take this and they twist it into scandal. They oh, twist it goes it. in through the political prism and it yeah. comes back this you it, know bizarre it, it goes version in, of itself. Yes, it goes in through the political uh, scandal and it comes out as Hillary Clinton is going to murder you. It comes, what? <laughs> is she? <laughs> no, of course I, not. You just said, you said she is. <laughs> well, now I'm very concerned. Yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Please take the quote out. Hillary Clinton is going to murder you. Is Marcus she? Park. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah, but, I knew it. But these things are overblown. They're they're overblown, way out of proportion. This is how you but get. That's what this, I'm saying. It's, but this is how you get uh, Donald Trump calling Hillary Clinton the devil in a uh, in a in an actual presidential yeah, well, debate. That was, that's like, fun. That's. Fun. <laughs> I mean, let's let's it, not lie. It's it's fun, but it over it really overstates things, and it makes things seem yes. so much worse than they actually are, and it makes Hillary Clinton seem so much worse than she actually is. Well, I referenced Pink Floyd earlier. It is just another brick in the political wall. That's what people see. You know, yeah. it just they just see it as another example, and it plays into the larger narrative it, of corruption. Of these people are the the ones in control will maintain the power because they all know one another and you know us av- everyday average Joes are completely disenfranchised. That it just plays into it. And I don't and dispute so that's that. What, uh, that's why that's why these things get a little bit of traction. Of course, like like the James O'Keefe uh, videos as well. Even though, like you said previously, we all know politics are disgusting. Now we're more exposed to it because everything is recorded. And frankly, I think it's a good thing in a lot of ways, like you were alluding to as well. We'll have more information now going forward, and I think we'll be able to, uh, you know, try to try to maybe try to readjust how things are done a little bit. Although I don't really want anything to change when it comes to the Republican nomination process. I would like if the Democrats went back to how they'd had it uh, pre-McGovern um, so they could actually have a real democracy and actually have open. I think every primary should be open. That's sort of a different topic here. But um, I hope we don't see sat- the restriction uh, of of access uh, and uh, the restriction of of uh, you know c- citizens being able to express the, uh, themselves and actually get uh, you know real change through the ballot box, which tends to happen in situations like Donald Trump's. You know, I think we're going to be dealing with it for a long time in the Republican Party. Oof. I don't think they're going to let it happen again. I mean, we, who and knows? one thing about it was, I mean, those were people that got four million new votes. It was really exciting. And there's one uh, political science professor. His first name is Helmet. <laughs> he's out of the SUNY school here, and he predicts Trump will win, and he's been right the past five times. So there's no way he's going to be wrong this time. <laughs> there's no way that everybody's been wrong about no. everything on this one. He predicts that Trump will win because of that early primary success. Yeah, and these these um, these uh, early state ballots, these these states that allow er, uh, for early voting, they seem to be a little bit tighter than uh, than previously expected. But except Florida. I don't know. Yeah, that's that seems to be going much more in Hillary's direction. Oh yeah. Well, the Latina. Well, I mean, that's um, that's what you know. A lot of these people, I think, are um, ignoring is that Trump awoke the Latino vote. He right. woke it. He really did. Well, so did uh, you know W? They worked so hard. You know, <laughs> W worked so hard to court the Latino. Speaking his fun Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, better than Bloomberg did. That's yeah. for sure. Better, better than Bloomberg. But forty-four percent more than any Republican in history. And the Hispanic vote. It is funny because it is traditionally pro-family, pro, uh, very Catholic, uh, extremely pro-life in a lot of in a lot of instances. Uh, not necessarily as open to. Uh, different sexual uh, mores as mm-hmm. other people might be it it should be just solid republican yeah but because of republican bigotry and the lack of ability to outreach to anyone other than whites they they completely lost the he- largest growing population in this country i can't believe they let them slip away i mean unless and it's the- going to be it's going to be a generation before they get them back oh easily unless the republican party truly does split into something different which could be the Libertarian Party and the Republican Party in 2020. I mean, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. I've never yeah. voted Republican once in my life. 
I have no problem with we have to if, if that's what the Republican Party, if they have gone so far off track of fiscal responsibility and being open minded towards everyone uh, in the country, regardless of orientation, race, gender, who cares? They've gone so far off the rails on everything that made them what they were supposed to be. That, that's why you have the Libertarian Party getting so many eyes on it right now. Yeah. And that's why if the Libertarian Party does come up, I know a lot of people are like third parties take away from one side or the other. I think they tend to take away a little bit more from Republicans. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there needs to be a change. I know that everything is broken here. I know that everything uh, I know a lot of people are very unhappy with a lot of shit. That's going on in this country right now. And I agree that we definitely need a change. There uh -oh. has absolutely has to be a change because, you know what, I do believe that we should, that the presidency should flip every once in a while. I oh, think it has to. Democrats have to have their turn. Republicans have to have their turn. That has to be flipped. But it's not only good for, you know, just the economy and just for the country in general. It's good for the morale of the country. Everybody needs to feel like their side's getting a turn. You know what, Marcus? You just triggered me. Obamacare. <laughs> now I have to yell Obamacare. <laughs> I, I agree. Premiums are going up 25% in 39 <laughs> states. If you are in those yeah. states, I hope I hope uh, the best for you. Yeah, I know. Man, me too. It could be a total nightmare, but I agree with you. But, I mean, that's the whole point. You know, and I agree that that's there definitely the needs to be the change, but unfortunately, uh, you know, Trump isn't the answer. He just is not the answer. He yeah. cannot be the answer. It just does. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work out how people think it's going to work out. And I don't know how they think it's going to work out. That's what I'm that's what I'm really I think that's one of the things that, that Trump supporters, you know, you ask them, like, how do you think this is going to go? And they're like, well, it's going to be better. Like, well, how? It's going to be great. Well, they and but they're also willing to burn it down. <laughs> that, and that's true. You know, I think I a speaking, lot of them want to burn it down. I was speaking with um, a coworker. And, uh, you know, he, he let's just say he's the host of the show. Ah. And he was telling me, you know, the reason that he supports someone like Donald Trump is because he just hates Washington. He hates government and he doesn't care what happens. He doesn't. He just has no respect for politicians. And I think that's one it's, thing that's that such a is, narrow worldview. It is. And uh, selfish. But, yeah, a little bit. But that is what Trump has shown. He he has shown how little respect. And you know this is because Congress has been hovering at a uh, hovering at a nine percent approval rating for pretty much my entire lifetime. Certainly since the year two thousand, and um, you know rough that, around that, no one respects Washington. No one respects politicians. So when Donald Trump is in there acting like such a jerk off, calling Hillary Clinton the devil, you know, talking about little Marco, making fun of Jeb for having low energy, discussing Chris Christie's unbelievable weight problem, <laughs> um, people are just like, that's funny. That's me. Why? Of course, you should talk to these these scumbags like that. But the, and so he could out the fact that he is a scumbag. He out scumbag the scumbags, but on behalf of the American people. And you know, in I, their minds, I get that. You know, I I totally get people uh, appealing to a lack of respect for government. I have a lack of respect for government. You do. We all do. Everyone has a lack of respect for government. The problem with Donald Trump is he has a lack of respect for everybody. He respects right. yeah. nobody. He respects nobody. He respects nothing. He does not respect your ideas. Ideas. He does not respect your principles. He respects nothing. The only thing he cares about is himself. And that's just borne out into this. This entire race has been 
I guess it, uh, it, it's all come from Donald Trump himself. It's come from his own angers, his own desires, and people yes. have just latched onto that. Oh, absolutely. And he, that's why he says, I'm sick of being a jerk for myself. I want to be a jerk for the American people, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> the professor that I referenced, his name is Helmet, and his last name is even better, Northpuff. North, <laughs> Northpuff. Helmet Northpuff. And he says that Trump will win because this is his model. He looks at what candidates perform better in the primaries and caucuses and concludes the stronger performer will win the White House. So that's pretty simple. That's it. He's <laughs> just uh, like, who won the primaries and who won the caucus? And of course, well, it doesn't, that you know, doesn't matter because there's oh, they're open closed. primaries versus closed primaries. Yes. It, it's it's two completely different ways of looking at them. Like that doesn't all, that makes no sense whatsoever. That's a dumb poll. All primaries. And it's an also, and by the way, you're yes. reading that out of the fucking New York Post. Well, no, but this is yeah. Don't, don't blow <laughs> don't blow my cover here. I get these for free now. Okay. No, but this was published. Yeah, that's just straight out of the New York Post. <laughs> no, that's a real clear politics story. Real clear. Yes, and if uh, I do apologize for not going to the down down ballot vote. And if you really want to see, you know, follow all the polls, just go to Real Clear Politics. Um, I believe it's just uh, backslash polls. And they give you everything. Trump is currently winning in two polls. Other than that, it's a sea of blue. Yeah. Um, so I know that he likes to cherry pick and things like that. I know a lot of people are extremely nervous right now coming in uh, here uh, two weeks out. Um, you know, but if the polls are, are to be trusted whatsoever, and obviously we have Brexit as we experienced uh, over there in the UK recently. No one, people were very surprised about that. But I just, I, if if the polls are wrong in this one, then no longer should we ever, no more polls should ever exist. Yeah, we should outlaw polls. Um, yeah, we should really just ban yeah. them. And I do think the media also sort of hypes up how close it is because again, they're drama networks, the reality television show networks, and if they just say it's a landslide. No one's going to tune in. And, of course, Hillary Clinton's campaign herself has to be very careful to not uh, tell everyone it's over. No. They need to make sure that people come out and vote November 8th. And Trump, he doesn't have the people that are going to be getting those out to the, you know, getting individuals out to the polls the same way that the Democrats have a 50-state a 50-state uh, campaign going. So uh, I th who knows? But I feel like the polls should stand true uh, unless something catastrophic happens and people decide that Hillary is, uh, you know, not worth getting off the couch for. And the people who are in love with Trump, they certainly will be getting off their couch for him. So that's the only thing. I, th I do think the enthusiasm – this election is so crazy because I do think the enthusiasm gap is still – uh, it's Hillary's. I mean, I think people are more enthusiastic gaining, for Trump. I, she actually, as, uh, as he continues yeah. to, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> go through free fall here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her actually, her enthusiasm. I read something yesterday that her enthusiasm is that uh, there are more people now voting for her than ag against Trump. I mean, the you media, know, which is yeah. what I mean. That's what you have to have. That she actually did pass that likability gap, where there are more people voting for her than against Trump, which is a, a fantastic sign. All right, and then we. I just want to close it out with a final story here. Now, this just really this chaps my. You know what? Your your, my, your it, bottom. I got something stuck in my craw. <laughs> Airbnb. Ah, uh, this is New York, and this is why I'm running for mayor. Possibly running for mayor. Uh huh. Uh, which, you know, I'll definitely get, I'm going to get 13%. I'm going to be public advocate. That's actually, that's, I might do that with you. Can we go <laughs> public advocate? I believe that's what de Blasio was before he became mayor.
Um, so Airbnb, Governor Cuomo, he just signed a new law basically banning it for people who don't live in the residence that they're renting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're up. It's, you can get up to a $7,000 fine, $7,500 fine. There's 41,000 active Airbnb listings. And they do it. On, and the reason that they signed this was under the guise of like, we need more. Um, you know, free, not free housing, but uh, uh, affordable, affordable housing. housing, Right. Yeah. And of course, the 41,000 that makes up one percent of the city's three million housing projects. And they blame Airbnb for causing the decline of certain houses. Of course, Airbnb just came around in 2008. So it's a bit of a lie. My brother and his husband make, um, you know, a good amount of money renting out their home. Uh, but it is. Yeah, it but is they live horrifying. there. They're not going to be uh, affected. No, by they this will not be affected. But you know, I hate these. It's the hotel industry that's uh, behind this. It is uh, this guy who's in charge of it is VJ Dendapani. He's the chairman of the Hotel Association, and he's been pushing this. You know, talk about politics. I mean, they have so much power. The hotel uh, industry, just like the taxi union, uh, you know, the, uh, the the medallion people against Uber and Lyft and those sorts of uh, you know companies. They have so much power and so much sway. In government, I think it's a really bad sign. It's a slippery slope, and I think Airbnb needs to be around for a long time. I think Uber needs to be around, and Lyft needs to be around. And that's one area where, you know, Trump had any mind whatsoever, he would have been able to capitalize on new technology and new businesses that the Democrats are really against. I mean, I can give you a little bit of anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal. On this. I can give you some anecdotal. Is Hillary going to kill me? <laughs> uh, I live in Bed Stuy, uh, which is a. Uh, you know, rapidly gentrified neighborhood. Uh, I've been living there for probably four or five years now, something like that. Uh, and every day when I go to the C train, and Bed Stuy is, you know, or at least it will be until probably the next five years, the blackest neighborhood in America. I was in when I first moved to New York. I was in Bed Stuy. Uh, I got here in 2000. I believe it was six. And my favorite Bed Stuy story. I, I finally found this place to rent. And I put down my bag, and I and I put my arms up like I was Scott Stapp, pretending <laughs> to be Jesus Christ in a terrible Creed video. And I fell back on my bed. Turns out it was a box spring. <laughs> and I, tr- I, I, I uh, my back. And then I had to go out that night and try to get a job. Oh, oh my God. So my back was just thrown out for like three months, and I got a job bar backing. Oh. So it was me carrying kegs with a bad back, and I was like, welcome to New York. Yeah. But what I see every day when I go to the C train, uh, every single day, and this is not an exaggeration. Every single day, there is a different blonde European family sitting right there after you get out, get through the turnstile to get on the subway. And every single one of those people are g- using Airbnb. And they're using Airbnbs in Bed-Stuy. People are going in, they're buying up these apartments all over Bed-Stuy uh, yeah. where it's somewhat, ch- it's cheap and it's relatively safe. I've never had a problem there. Uh, it's relatively safe now. Yeah. Uh, so it's just adding to, you know, Less affordable housing being specifically in Bedside. I've I mean, seen it. Like, affordable I mean, housing has been a problem in New York for fifty years. Of I don't course, think but it's is the problem. It's not the problem, but it is a problem. I don't. I think that's a total guise. It's just the. It's the hotel. The hotels are so overpriced. I, in Manhattan. I agree. They the all the look hotel like, industry is terrible. The hotel well, they, industry is probably hotel, behind it all. But there is sp- some truth to it. There, I mean, hotels in uh, in New York, you pay 400 bucks a night. They all look like the same hotel that Maniac stayed in in the <laughs> 1970s slasher film Maniac. I mean, they're horrible. You're right by a, a, a brothel. There's God a knows brothel? what kind of stains all over the bed. What are you talking I mean, about? I'm talking about the hotels, my friend. <laughs>
Are you talking about the Bushwick Hotel over on Bushwick about, Avenue? That, 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 that is has, a brothel. That has the grates on the second floor windows? Yeah, well, <laughs> people can climb, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a total lie. It's just a, it's just a power grab by the hotels yeah. to stop Airbnb, and I think it's a slippery slope, and we need to let these new technologies come through. We need to let new businesses come through. New York is the second worst for businesses when it comes to taxing. I mean, it's just like this whole state. The, the one-party rule of all of any state, whether it be the South you know, being run by Republicans or places like Chicago or places like Detroit, even though um, you know, that's more of a city issue, many of the people who are in charge in Detroit are, are Republicans at the, you know, at the governor level. Um, but I think it's just really dangerous, and, and, and so I'm against it. I'm against the regulation, and people uh, should be able, be able to have a market that they can be free in and make some extra cash if they need to. That's what I believe, Marcus. All right. She's going to kill me. <laughs> Hillary is going to kill me. You, specifically. Why? That old woman's going to show up at your house with that... a nail file and an axe what? to grind. That's kind of cool. Serial mom style. <laughs> that is kind of fun. I do want to say uh, I was correct when we discussed the Donald Trump naked statue. Everyone's taking pictures, making comedy videos. They put a naked statue of Hillary up, and it was a riot. Yeah. I do want to clarify. They that. did not They did not and enjoy that. I also was reading uh, The Week. It's a, it's, my grandmother gives me that uh, every month. She sends me The Week. The Week's not bad. It's fine. It's a little, it's a, it's a roundup. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it's a Texas roundup of the news stories, and the cover of it was like, will there be chaos, you know, if, if Trump loses or. I mean, I believe sort of when Trump loses, but I, I'm going to say I believe in this election cycle, it seems to me like most of the um, animosity and most of the real anger came from the left. No. And uh, if you, yeah, totally. If you look no. at the RNC and look at the DNC, no. I mean, Trump Trump rallies are what Trump rallies are, but that doesn't really extend to uh, an immense amount of violence. There was isolated incidents, but people, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters were far more upset with Hillary Clinton. Uh, than than uh, Marco Rubio supporters were with Donald Trump. Yeah, that, or Jeb. You know, uh, I will give you that. If you but. if you look at it as a whole in this election cycle, the media has got it completely wrong. I mean, they they pretend like the RNC was going to be terrible. There was one person who <laughs> lit themselves on fire <laughs> yeah. um, because they tried <laughs> to burn the American flag. <laughs> they ended up but lighting the, themselves on the, fire. The DNC was extremely intense. Yeah, the know. DNC was much more so, intense. Uh, anyway, but. what I'm saying is, I don't believe there's going to be riots in the street no. if if Trump loses the election. As a matter of fact, people are just going to start grabbing gravitating more to his message and they're they'll get the let out by uh you know having media outlets like Breitbart to go and satiate their need for their uh for their view of politics yeah boy they really um, so they anyway i don't really i just don't think it. it's gonna be that bad i don't think it's gonna be that bad either. i also I think know. i also think november 8th that we're gonna start cnn's be like it's election night in america it's 8 p.m the polls are coming in the election and it's 802 it's called for hillary <laughs> i really think this is gonna be unless they slowly like milk it as much i think it's yeah. just gonna be so anticlimactic i, I really do but yeah we'll see I mean, uh, the 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 Donald Trump subreddit, the Donald, uh, which is one of the oh god, it, it's a pitiful little place. Uh, but actually, it's a pitiful large place. There's a lot of people there, but they're already saying that Soros is going to rig the machines. Soros could rig the machines. <laughs> I actually oh, don't necessarily disagree with machine, that. Every machine, 
even in Republican controlled Republican controlled states and counties, even places where Donald Trump is uh, supported. He's going to rig the machines. Go back and listen to our interview that we did with Robert Fitrakis for those who haven't yet. I do think there is something to be said about these huge corporations that have ties with these people who are running for office. They own the machines. Soros. I don't trust Soros. I don't trust. um, I'm forgetting the name of the other person on the right Mm -hmm. who worked for Mitt Romney, who who put all those polling machines. um, You know, you go back to Ohio. I, I do think we should look at these polling machines i I really don't i i it's a little bit conspiratorial but i really don't trust too much um of what happens at at uh, at a certain level and it's so easy to flip them i mean if it was up to me we'd do all paper ballots i mean i i absolutely believe that we should be doing paper ballots in this country but i really don't think that george soros is going to be responsible for trump's loss I don't think that that I will happen. I don't, I don't think, think it'll be close enough for no. that to happen. But I don't mind people being concerned oh, yeah. about the fact that Soros does own a huge company that creates a lot of voting machines, and there is something kind of dangerous about that. Yeah, there is definitely something dangerous about that. But uh, voter fraud, things like that, the whole like voting machine flips and all that, <sighs> uh, it, it's it has to be such a ridiculously close election. Like, yeah. it, it really, I mean, it, it has to be a paper-thin margin for anything to make, you know, to for anything to really matter, it has to be just, I mean, just a few hundred votes. It has to be, yeah. like, almost nothing because you cannot, you cannot do that on a wide scale. It's, you cannot, well, I think it's easier I mean, not, to do on a wide scale in a lot know. of ways. I think it's the small, uh, well, either way. We the can, more people that are involved in it, the more chance that someone's going to get caught. Sure, that's you very know, true. Like that's, but, uh, the more people you involve, uh, the more chance that just someone's going to fuck up. Uh, and I don't think they need to do that. I think at, Donald Trump has uh, lost it all on his own. In this one, yes. But in other cycles, I mean, Florida is, is really interesting. 2000, I mean, that election was crazy. I mean, Florida you know, in 2000, Ohio in 2004. To, yeah, like, there's, to, there's a lot. There's some red flags there for sure. Yeah. So I am happy. I think that that's good that people are looking into those things. Regard, and if you are on the right looking into those things on the left, uh, the left look into it on the right. And But, but th- think about it from both sides because they're bo- both parties do it. And when you watch those James O'Keefe videos, realize both parties do that as well. God knows Roger Stone has said some. He's done some crazy things, and uh, he's he's hurt a lot of people yeah. uh, in, yeah. in the name of politics. But yeah. uh, just but please look into it. Don't just yell it. Um, Actually, look into it. You know, be curious. Ooh. Uh, Hillary's going to kill me? <laughs> I can't wait. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for listening. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks, Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter, Ben Kissel1 on Instagram. Still don't know how to use it, so I'm never, I'm never on it. And go to the Able Against Top Hat Facebook page. Um, thank you guys so much for the great response on the Tamim episode. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Tamim. I want to give you a public shout-out. Um, you, what an incredible job you did, sir. Thank you. And thank you for the wonderful response. And we're absolutely crushing it every show show here on ccr is doing so well and it's all because of you so thank you so much for listening and and giving us your ears it really means a lot to us and we don't take anything lightly so uh, we'll be in washington dc speaking of politics this weekend so come on out for the benson ball um we'll be there all day saturday and it'll be a great time yeah we're doing the show on uh, we're hosting a show on saturday night uh that is actually a free show you can rsvp it uh, go to the uh, last podcast on the left Facebook page. There's a link to it there. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be with uh, T.J. Miller and Emo Phillips. That's going to be fucking oh wow! Great show. I didn't even realize T.J. Miller, huh? Yeah, and I love Emo. I saw Emo Phillips for the first time maybe like 2001 in Madison, um, the comedy club on State in Madison, Wisconsin. He brought a um, oh, it was a violin or 
No, it was a, it was a, it was an instrument you have to take apart, and he just he he took it out and he put it together, and then he took it apart and then he put it back in his case, and he never mentioned it, <laughs> and he just like did that throughout the hour. I thought that was the funniest thing I ever saw. He never talked about it ever. I'm, he I'm just a, put together an instrument and took it apart. I'm a huge Emo Phillips fan. I'm I'm very honored to be a part of this show. And uh, well, he was in UF uh, UHF. He? Yeah, he was in UHF. Yeah, yeah. Right? Would you look at that? Yeah, cut his finger off. That was my favorite part of UHF when I was a oh, kid. It was the funniest part. That is a great movie. Um, yeah, and of course, T.J. Miller's fantastic. So, yeah, we'll be there all day Saturday. So come and hang out with us. We'll have a great time. And uh, all right, everyone, we'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.